and welcome to Pep Talk by, by Perpetual, a talent advisory firm based out of New York City and Paris. This podcast is all about raw conversation with real people. My name is Irene Topokov, principal at Perpetual, and I'm delighted to welcome today Jeremy Moritz, Global Digital Marketing Director at Campari Group. Welcome, Jeremy. Hey, hi, Irene. Thanks for having me. As we like to do at Perpetual, I'm going to ask you some simple questions for our listeners to get to know you better. Ready? Yes, ready. What's your favorite book and why? Yes, pretty, pretty easy for me. The book is Dune by uh, Frank Herbert. So it's probably one of the most well-known book in uh, science fiction. And I have had a story with this book for my whole life because my uh, my godfather used to draw uh, actually the illustration for uh, some of the editions. And then uh, my parents have given my sister's name according to one of the book characters. And also uh, my son, who's named Paul, uh, is the name of the hero of the book. And the book is also just uh, as relevant today as it was in the past. I really like, you know, the fact that uh, it's talking about uh, the the power of, uh, in this case, it's the power of spice, which could be assimilated to, to oil, but basically the power of, of something in the world and how uh, this is, uh, let's say, overtaken uh, by uh, new new tribes of people and the, the power of learning about yourself and discovering your true self. I mean, there are a lot of symbols in the book. And uh, and I think uh, you know it's uh, it it really stays with you and uh, even there is a, a quote in the book it's uh, the litany of the Bene Gesserit which is about fear and you see the, the litany of fear how you overcome fear and and I think it's super powerful uh, there are a lot of super powerful concepts in the book very interesting when, when have you read it for the first time how how old were you then I think I was probably ten. Wow, super young. Yeah, I was into reading uh, quite early with a lot of science fiction. And uh, I even liked the, the movie from uh, from David Lynch, which a lot of purists uh, hate. Uh, but it was, for me, like a really good movie as well. So uh, I love everything about Dune. You told me that you you would have loved to be, to be an artist. Uh, what, what, what kind of artist would you have loved to be? Definitely a musician. So that, that was, uh, let's say, my, my dream and my goal uh, uh, when I was young. So I started to, to play uh, classical guitar, uh, which uh, was interesting, but I would say not, uh, not sexy enough uh, when you want to, uh, to, uh, to uh, interest the girls when you are 14. So, so then I moved to, to playing the bass uh, and I, re I was really not good. Let's be, let's be honest. So, but then I really love music. So I say, okay, what's the next thing I can do to be close to musicians? And uh, that's why I wanted to be a sound engineer. So actually my, my first year uh, post the, the bachelor in France, uh, I did a cinema school uh, near from Paris. And, um, and I was really disappointed by the, the whole mood uh, that, that was there because people thought they were Spielberg and they were just starting the, the school. So, uh, so I, I, I kind of like kept the love for music, but I said, okay, I'm not going to work in music. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the internet arrived and, uh, and that kind of like raised uh, my interest. 
Now, Jeremy, maybe introduce yourself a bit to our listeners uh, who the, don't have the chance to, to know you really at this point. So, uh, Jeremy Moritz, so I'm French, as you can maybe hear, I mean, with our, our nice accents. Um, I've, uh, I'm the Global Digital Marketing Director for Campari Group, so in the, in the spirits uh, industry. And uh, I've been, uh, I, I'm from Paris originally, uh, married with uh, one kid uh, who's seven and a dog. So I think the, the pandemic has, uh, as you know, uh, increased every family with uh, one dog or one cat. Um, and, uh, and I've been in digital for, uh, I mean, uh, I've always worked in digital, so digital businesses in uh, agencies, uh, startup consulting, and, uh, and for 10 years in the, in the spirits industry. Uh, and I started in Paris, then uh, I moved to uh, to New York, and uh, and now I'm in uh, Milan, in Italy. Uh, so uh, we arrived uh, just uh, before the start of the pandemic, which was uh, an interesting move. <laughs> and actually, you know, here in this podcast, we love to speak about the turning points in in in, in people's life. And for you, it's it it reflects pretty geographically in a way. Um, and and your your first uh, your first uh, turning point, uh, I think you you had a, like a, a wow and an, a wow moment. Um, as a, as a young, as a teenager already. Uh, can you share with, with our listeners um, what you were doing as a teen to, to make money and to have fun? Yes. Uh, so I was pretty lucky because, uh, I mean, I, I was uh, one of the first among my friends to have a computer. So I think when I was like eight, my father brought home uh, a 286 computer PC at the time. And, uh, and so I started to, to really use the computer. That's how I learned uh, English at the beginning. And then as it evolved, uh, uh, a friend of my father uh, gifted me a, a modem, uh, which back in the day was, you know, the, the holy grail. Um, and so when I was probably 12, I had my, my first modem. And then I started to, you know, discover websites and we can actually build them. So I, I did uh, started to build websites. And, uh, and so as a teenager, um, I started to use Dreamweaver, for those who remember the, the, the software, to uh, build websites for my friends' uh, parents, so for their companies to make like a leaflet uh, website. And, you know, I started to, to get a bit of money for it, which uh, at the time was uh, probably the equivalent of, uh, you know, 3,000, 4,000 euros, which, uh, you know, is good money to, <laughs> to go out uh, in the bars uh, uh, then. And so uh, that, that was really, uh, I started to do something that nobody was doing, that uh, nobody was uh, really questioning my age about. So I really uh, liked it. And, uh, and that's how it got me into, uh, into websites. Uh, but there is one, uh, one story that I, I never told is that I, I, I almost stopped to do everything because at the time, just before doing the, let's say, websites that we know them today, I was doing uh, like a, it was called BBS, which is built-in born system, which is it's the ancestor of a website. And uh, and I was doing it using a software, but I didn't know you had to pay for it, you know, the notion of license. And, and what happened is that at one point, uh, I received a call at my parents' house, you know, on the, on the, on the, the land phone. And people were calling me saying, we know who you are. You didn't pay for our software. 
uh, we will basically uh, pirate your system uh, if you if you don't stop right away. And and this freaked me out so much that for two years uh, I didn't really go on the internet. And uh, and then after two years I, I started again, but I almost. I could have uh, stopped going on the internet because of this. So in a way, the turning point was not only to build the, the, the website, but like to maybe realize in a way uh, the implications of doing so. It's uh, And how did you overcome this fear? Um, I think it's uh, one friend that, uh, that asked me for something and I said, okay, I'm going to help you. And uh, I, uh, I kind of like just went for it. But uh, no, it's true that you realize that you're not in your bubble uh, alone, uh, you know, like uh, protected by the screen, which again, I think might be also relevant for today. You know, we're talking a lot about uh, people being stuck online or people, you know, being, um, let's say, saying bad things behind their screen, but not uh, assuming their their uh, online identity and these kind of talks. Uh, I think that that was for me like a very real experience of uh you know, you, you have to uh, assume uh, who you are, you know, on and offline, uh, which for me has been um, something I kept all along, which I, I've never used like a, like a nickname and, uh, you know, protecting myself. So not that I'm w really well known, but I've always used my, my real name, uh, meaning that if I have to say something or do something, you know, I, I do it. Uh, I, I don't hide anything, which I think is... Uh, is a very interesting topic at the moment. Yeah, transparency and 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 privacy and how you you yeah you you surf uh, this arena. Um, no, it's it's a very it's a, it's very interesting that you discovered and actually had those questions um, answered in a way. Um, at a very young age and, and, and also because like transparency and privacy, it's also, you, you were talking about the book Dune and, and, and how to overcome fear and this idea of fear. And it's, it relates in a way you told me that you that you had another important turning point in your life. Uh, and, um, and like that very French in a way it's around love. Yeah, the, the, the story is that, uh, so I, I started to work in Paris, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, the very regular way. And uh, and then uh, I met, you know, now my wife and uh, at the time uh, my girlfriend. And she she actually uh, was uh, very much involved uh, in, with the, the U.S. because she she spent her uh, summer holidays in the U.S. And then she finished, she finished her studies in the U.S. in New York. And then she started to work in New York. And actually I met her. Uh, when she she came back to France because she uh, basically uh, her visa was not renewed and uh, unfortunately she had to go back to to, to France and uh, you know when we got together she wanted to go back and uh, and I wanted to to go to the US for me I've always been fascinated uh, by, by the US so not only because of the internet thing but uh, for all the culture that there is behind you know uh, when I was a teenager I had a uh, basketball posters. Uh, my dad used to work for a U.S. Uh, company, so I used to print uh, uh, sneakers, uh, images for him to, to buy during his trip, etc. So, so we, we both wanted to, to go there. And, uh, and so what, uh, what we decided is that um, at one point I said, okay, let's, let's try on my side. So 
uh, I left basically for three months as a, and, I, and I went to New York as a tourist. So I told her, uh, you're going to stay in Paris and I'm going to go for three months and try to find a job and a visa there. And if it works, you know, we can we can move back. Uh, I mean, you can move back and I can move to the US with you. And, and uh, what happened is that, you know, I, I said, let's do it because at worst, I would have spent three months in New York, which honestly is not bad. <laughs> um, and and uh, at, at best, uh, we can do uh, we can do something that we both want. And uh, and so I, I went there. I met a lot of people, made a lot of contacts. I played rugby there, trying to meet as many people. Uh, I was also doing online translation to earn a bit of uh, money on the side. And and ultimately, I met a lot of companies, but the visa was uh, was still an issue. Then I met uh, Pernod Ricard uh, uh, in New York, and they said, oh, you know, you have a great profile, but uh, uh, we don't have a position there, but we do have a position in Paris. So, you know, we're, we're a pretty large group. So join us in Paris, and then, you know, you can probably find your way. And uh, and ultimately, so that was a long shot, <laughs> but uh, but uh, so I, I worked for Pernod Ricard at the headquarters in Paris. Amazing experience working on the digital transformation there. And then uh, after four years in Paris, finally got an opportunity uh, to, to be the, the digital director for Absolute Elix uh, at Pernod Ricard in New York. And, uh, and you know, uh, I would say uh, uh, five years uh, bef- uh, after that trip, uh, we moved to New York in, uh, in 2016. And, uh, and, uh, and that was, let's say, uh, the, the, the loop was, uh, was looped, as we say in French. And uh, and we were super happy and uh, had an amazing experience there. So so that was a, let's say a, a long shot, but we did it. I think then uh, when I thought about it, for me there are two key let's say principles that supported that. One is consistency, because you know I could have let go and say okay, find a good position in Paris, uh, you know let it go, but I, I kept you know looking, telling people, etc. And then it's the people you meet, which, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's always about people. And, uh, and, uh, at the time, the, the, the CEO of the brand, uh, you know, we, I mean, uh, the way I did it is I, I didn't go through HR. I, I just wrote to him directly, uh, send him a text message, called him like, you know, you want me, uh, I, I should go for this position. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, we had a call. He told me, okay, come to New York. Uh, we'll discuss. And, and, uh, you know, it, it just happened that way. So it was, I don't know if it was meant to be, but let's say the, I, I pushed for it and he understood, uh, that, you know, I would, I would give it all, uh, as well. Interesting. So like, as you said, consistency and passion linked <laughs> create miracles. And, and actually it's another, Interesting story how you moved from New York to Milan. Well, this is again a story of uh, maybe more of network and meeting. So, uh, as I said uh, before, I'm playing rugby and rugby has been a big part uh, of my life. And um, in New York, uh, I was coming to the end of the cycle uh, uh, at Bruno and uh, I really wanted like a new challenge and uh, and, uh, and, and uh, finding uh, you know new people uh, to connect with, and through uh, the rugby network, uh, I was lucky enough to meet uh, uh, the, the CMO of Campari, who is French as well, and we also plays uh, rugby, and uh, and uh, he was let's say um, uh, becoming a, a CMO 
uh, in September and I met him in July. Uh, and he, he told me, uh, you know what, we're looking for somebody to head up digital. We're opening that position. And uh, so I was like, okay, spirits and digital, it, it ticks two of the, <laughs> the boxes that I have. And, uh, and again, so it, it all happened within, uh, within the, the summer. And, uh, and you know, he said, so then he said, you know, we have the headquarters in Italy for, for Campari. So that would be in Italy. And, um, and, and here we are. So, uh, so we, uh, we left, uh, uh, we left New York, uh, end of 2019. And we arrived in, uh, in Milan, in Italy, uh, in January, which, uh, which was an interesting one since we arrived just before uh, the start of the pandemic. So, uh, I do not recommend to switch uh, school mid-year, change country, and uh, arrive just before the start of, uh, of a pandemic. That, that that was not the easiest thing to manage. But you know, again, it forces you to to be resilient, uh, and uh, and we don't regret at all. Uh, you know, the, the Italy is a fantastic country, and uh, and, and Campari Group is a, is an amazing company. You told me that being an agent of change uh, in digital is also something that's really interesting uh, for you, and especially in in the organization you're working with now, uh, Campari. Um, um, it's it's you have in very interesting um, challenge and possibilities, and 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 those new era is something this new era is really something you are you are fully dedicated to can you can you tell us more what it means for you being an agent of change today in the digital world sure i think that's what's been interesting me about uh, about digital from the start is that it's not a topic that is fixed it's always evolving um so actually it's impacting everything and uh, and I think that that's what got me into it is that when I was uh, you know uh, 23, 24 and, and starting my career, I, I could already be involved in some kind of like top level project because not everybody was understanding what's happening, understanding the link between technology and business, and uh, and and I think at some level it's still it's still the case today, uh, and I think the people that have been working in digital have a have a, have a very uh, flexible brain, I think, um, and, and also are, are probably uh, also very open because nothing is really certain uh, when you work in digital. You know, uh, something that uh, was working yesterday might not work to tomorrow. So y yourself, you have to be uh, uh, very flexible and very, uh, very open, multi-skilled, I think. And, and I think Today, I think companies are craving this kind of uh, of, uh, of change, and and you know companies uh, or big companies especially, they they are almost like a, like a human body. You know, if you put uh, if you put something new in the body, it reacts uh, and, uh, and and push it back. Uh, so so I think it's uh, it's always important to uh, to find the right angle to adapt uh, yourself and really prove. I think if you want to change, you need to prove. The, the, the benefit, the value of what it's going to bring. And I think I've seen it uh, in, in my career uh, that you have to really start from uh, the, the people business, their daily operations, because if you come just with the digital lingo and saying, you know, you have to do it because digital is fantastic and you have to use technology, people will say, okay, fine, but if it doesn't help me, 
uh, I'm, I'm just going to push back. So I think this is always interesting because you have to, to adapt to different organizations, different people. Um, and, and that's what I like is that it's never the same. Um, even my job, like it's the topics are, are changing. The, 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 the way you put the cursor is changing. So, so I think it's what I say always when I jump into a, you know, position or I meet somebody is that we are not, I'm not doing digital for the sake of it. I'm embedding digital. So it's like business in a digital age, marketing in a digital age, the same way that probably 120 years ago, it was business in an industrial age. So, I mean, people have said it before me, but I think it's really key to say this is the age we're in. Let's adapt to the tools. The, the people are changing. Um, and this is really, uh, you know, super interesting. It's really interesting. And also, um, you were comparing um, an organization to a body. I find it. I find um, the comparison pretty interesting, and 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 how you you give new ideas, like a new kind of food to the, to this body. And and actually, we were talking about the importance of diversity and in the same way that you know you cannot always eat the same kind of things like in an organization you cannot have always the same kind of people same kind of age same kind of background so i know it's something you you that is really important for you is diversity of teams uh within within your 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 own team to start with but within organizations uh, uh more generally speaking Yes, I, I mean, I'm not again. I'm not the first one to uh, to uh, let's say champion this, but I think diversity in any organization is the key to success, or one of the key to success, um, because if you have different backgrounds, education, style, uh, you know, experiences, this is where you you get you know the the best uh, let's say the best melting pot for ideas for challenging you know what what we've been doing. And uh, I remember when I was working in a, in an agency, you know, we started to uh, to hire people that didn't even have a degree. Like we found like a developer on a forum on the internet. Um, and, and you know, before I remember when you were going into a business school, like I did, you uh, all the hiring in the big companies, you had to have a degree. Uh, if you don't have the right degree, it doesn't work. I think now, and uh, you know, uh, I, I was discussing uh, when we were doing the job descriptions for for my team, we didn't even put like you know um, the need for a master degree of everything because it's it, it's almost I would say now uh, secondary uh, that you have a, you know a specific degree. It's what what have you done? And I think some people have done amazing things maybe since they were even teenagers, and and uh, these people are are also super interesting. People with degrees are interesting as well, uh, but but I think it's really about mixing that diversity, also in terms of cultural uh, uh, background, um, and and now you know I think now even more than before it needs to reflect a bit what the, the society is, uh, because if we I mean especially if you're in marketing if we want to understand consumers and if we want to 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 get the right thing uh, 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 with consumers. We need to have the, the 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 right mix of people. Otherwise, you are like too much single-minded. So, yeah, definitely a key point. 
You've spent most of your career in the spirit industry, uh, and I think it's very so. Of course, with the digital angle, but I, I think you you like this industry very much uh, for for different reasons. Um, can you share more with us about that? As I, as I explained, you know, I, I didn't uh, really uh, choose uh, Pernorica. It like came uh, as uh, this kind of like uh, this uh, this travel experience in New York, but. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've, uh, I think everybody knows most of the brand in the spirits industry. And, and it's really a fascinating industry because it's very close to uh, uh, the heritage. Some of the brands, you know, are 150 years old, 200 years old. It's very linked to cultural moments. I think everybody can relate to, you know, at my wedding, I had that champagne um, when I met my my wife uh, we had this cocktail in this bar etc so i think it's very much linked to culture and, and you can see there are definitely types of spirits and wines that are you know very different each country has their own tradition and ritual uh, even about uh, uh, you know how they drink so it's really fascinating to to you have to adapt to it i think you know when we when you do marketing in the spirit industry you adapt to what we call consumption moments And it's not like if people are, uh, are one product or one brand. It's like if you are at a wedding with friends, you might have different um, uh, needs or envy. And if you are, uh, uh, you know, with your father uh, around the fire, you want to drink a whiskey, etc. So uh, again, if you, I, I love being in this industry because that it, it brings you very close to the people. The brands are amazing, so you can you cannot really mess with the brand. I mean, Campari Group, you have Aperol, you have Campari, which uh, has an amazing story, and you have so many other brands like Wild Turkey, Sky Vodka. So all of these have their own story and every people has kind of like a story to it so so i think it's uh, uh it's fascinating and the more i dive into it the, the more i learn so it, and the people that do it are really passionate as well so they're almost like artists which i think i, I like quite a lot my uh, greatest and latest discovery has been the the campari soda uh, which is really well known in italy because it's uh, so of course campari stands as a as a as a brand but they have a, a ready to enjoy a, a, a small bottle called Campari soda. And uh, first, the bottle is amazing because it has been, uh, you know, uh, designed uh, by a famous designer. So it's a small, almost triangle uh, bottle without a label. So already, uh, I would say, uh, uh, eco-conscious eco in a way. And uh, and this is the first uh, aperitivo that we had with my wife when we had our apartment during the lockdown so for us it was kind of like a, a sign of freedom so you know talking about consumption moment uh, this one has been a, a strong consumption moment and uh, and uh, and now uh, it's what we have you know uh, on, on, a, on a friday evening uh, to, to start the weekend so so that that's that's what i would go for the campari soda Jeremy, it uh, was a pleasure to be able to have uh, this uh, podcast uh, together with you. Uh, have a great week and uh, thank you so much again. Thanks, Yaren. Thanks a lot. Have a good week. Bye-bye.